Andrew, we're back. We are, season two. Season two of we the did. Gospel Clarity Podcast. We did not get canceled. We did not get canceled. This is where we explore how the story of Jesus changes everything and... In order for the gospel to be central, it must be functional. That's right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the Gospel Clarity Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And Andrew, we're back. We are Season back. two. Yep. We're here. We're happening. Um, you know, I think that we should let our, our listeners in on um, a couple of good updates. The big update that I can bring to you, because it's relevant to the podcast, is that we have emptied out our room that is our podcast studio. Mm-hmm. It was once the Christmas closet with all of our Christmas decorations. And now, if I could just describe to you a little bit of what's happening, all you Fremont people in our Fremont expression, do you guys remember those carpet squares that we would have, brown carpet squares? We put them down every week. We put them down every week. In our worship gathering space. Well, we used them the frame now. and center the room where our musicians and the preaching would take place and all that good stuff. Yep. Where the, the worshiping of the Lord took place. <laughs> These are now, these carpet squares are now on our walls. They are now on the floors, double lined. So why did we put carpet squares on the wall? Well, um, a friend of ours, uh, Corey Otteby, he told me that we needed, a de- we, didn't, we needed to deaden the room. We needed to make it really dead so that our voices are better and we're fixing some of the sound issues that we had from our last season. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, we had to take extreme measures Yep. of finding the cheapest, freest thing possible in our in our building and putting that on our walls. So what I did was I found these carpet squares and some wood pallets, and I stapled the carpet squares to the wood pallets and leaned it up against the wall. Yeah. And it looks pretty ugly, but it's kind of cool if it helps. Yeah, function over fashion, Mark. <laughs> function, function over fashion. I like that. That's good. But the floors are kind of fun because they're double lined with carpets. That's so why extra you seem squishy. taller. That's yeah. why you seem taller. Yeah, I'm standing on all of the heightened places okay. that makes sense strategically. Now. So you didn't get taller over the summer. Yeah, my chair is actually like four mats high. Okay. So I can just be towering a little over you. Yeah, you're kind of intimidating me, actually. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, uh, no, I'll be gentle. Don't worry. Okay, so, Andrew... Our Gospel Clarity Podcast Season 2, um, we have been talking about different ideas of themes and different topics that we could address and go over. And what we wanted to do today for this episode is we wanted to kind of set up this season, what we're going to be talking about, the themes and different things. But we're going to also be talking a little bit about this last Sunday and kind of how this sermon um, that you just preached last week um, or the, yesterday, really, for our recording time, um, kind of helps us get in the same mindset. And it's all in Acts 1, mm-hmm. and it's this connection of gazing and going. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, at the beginning of Acts, um, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, presenting himself to them with many convincing proofs that he's alive, that he's the Messiah, and he's preparing them for uh, his imminent departure when he would ascend 
into heaven and take his seat at the right hand of the throne of at the throne of God. So he's encouraging his disciples, he's preparing them, he's letting them know that the Father's promise is coming their way, that the Holy Spirit will be given to the church. And uh, after communicating all of that and setting them up for the, what this, this important transition, Jesus, it says um, that he, I think it's Acts, yeah, Acts 1 verse 9, that he has taken up from the disciples. And in that scene, the disciples are obviously fixated with what they just experienced. Right, yeah. They've just witnessed something extraordinarily unique in, uh, mm-hmm. in the ascension of Jesus. The so, one time. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they are doing what we all would do. They are standing there gazing into heaven, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out what just happened. They're trying to process everything that Jesus has been teaching them, and they're, they're gazing in, at, in the direction that Jesus just ascended. And um, and as they're standing there gazing into heaven, two angels appear and they say, hey, why are you standing here? What are you, you doing? You have a mission. Uh, yeah. Jesus has been preparing you for this mission this whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, and, and he assures them that the same Je- the Jesus that they've seen go up, he's going to return in the same way. Um, and the implication is there, get to work in the meantime. As they live towards the return of Christ, they are to be about the mission that Jesus had entrusted them. And so just meditating upon that text um, in preparation to preach, it, it struck me that one of the things that threatens Christians and churches from, uh, from being a part of the movement of the gospel in the world, being a part of the mission that Jesus has given us to execute, that is, the making of disciples, the bearing witness to the gospel amongst all, all people everywhere, is um, sometimes we can, we can um, find ourselves, or we can miss the connection between our gazing and our going. And this connection between gazing and going can't be missed by us because that is really where we should live as Christians and it is where we should live as churches. Uh, there was one writer by the name of Nico- Nicholas Wolstertop. <laughs> Wolterstorff. Wolterstorff. Sorry. Uh, Tongue tied this the, morning. Is that the philosopher? Yeah, he's a philosopher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's uh, at Yale. He's a liturgical theologian and American philosopher. Ah, okay. And he's written some books on justice and various things. But um, speaking of liturgy and kind of the rhythms of the Christian life, he had something extraordinarily uh, helpful to say about it. And this is what he said. It seems to me that the Christian life, when properly lived, is a rhythmic alternation between turning toward God in worship and running toward the world in love and with a passion for justice, between congregation and dispersal, liturgy and labor, worship and work, adoration and obedience. Or to put it the way that we're saying it is between our gazing and our going. Mm. That is between seeing the wonder of who Jesus is and and what Jesus is about, and then taking that to the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. And so this rhythm that Christians live in between gazing and going, they, they fuel each other. Like the reason we gaze is to remind ourselves of the beauty of Jesus. The reason we worship is because we're enthralled with who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us in his crucifixion and his resurrection. We are enamored with the fact that he has ascended and taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the Father, meaning he's now reigning and ruling over all of reality. 
And as Christians, we're tuned into that frequency. And so we're in awe of that. So we gather to gaze in that direction, to focus on the person and the work of Christ. And it is that gazing then that compels us to go. It's that worship that fuels our witness. And basically that's because we always bear witness to what we worship. And we always talk about what we love. And so um, when we think about the kind of the the where season two is going, now we're really going to kind of land on that dynamic of mm-hmm. gazing and going. Those, yeah, looking at those two themes of... And the connections. Yeah, so that the we connections. can encourage Christians and encourage listeners to see... Um, the inseparable link and the conjunction between gazing and going, between liturgy and labor, worship and work, worship and witness, adoration and obedience, that we would see that that's the rhythm that we live in. And so as Christians, that's why we kind of fall into the weekly rhythm that we do, where we gather together on Sundays, and when we do, we gather to gaze. Mm -hmm. We gather to fix our eyes upon Christ And then when we leave, we're scattering throughout the city. We're going to bear witness to what we've gazed upon. And if we don't do that, I mean, what does that lead to? I mean, it sounds like if you don't have the connection, if you don't see the connection between gazing and going, either you're just going or you're just gazing, it leads to maybe that could be like a a danger or leading to maybe kind of a stall out in your life. Yeah, certainly a stall out in in the Christian life and in the church's mission. Um, I mean, you think about just kind of that spectrum between gazing and going. I I think Christians can sometimes... um, Maybe lean on one emphasis more than the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like... um, so if there's a if if it's all about gazing and we don't allow our gazing to drive our going and we miss the bridge and the conjunction between the two, our Christianity will be Sunday centric, right? And our Christianity will be very self centered and self focused, even though we're claiming to gather to gaze at Jesus. Um, our worship services may actually uh, we may be stepping into worship gatherings uh, for other reasons other than that mm-hmm. um yeah and i mean it i think it really just takes makes an imbalance in the christian life along with the church uh, a church life to with all the christians coming together there's an imbalance of if we're um overemphasizing a gazing like what you were saying or if we're missing the connection we're missing that connection mm-hmm. yeah yeah we become we we turn our backs on the world that we're called to bear witness to mm-hmm and our we we practice and we're not a part of any movement of God that's done for the good of the world. Um, yeah. If if our gazing doesn't lead to going, right? But what does that kind of look like? Yeah, it's bearing witness. It's uh, the fact that we will bear witness to what we worship. People do that all the time. We bear witness to what we adore. We bear witness to what we enjoy. We bear witness to what we worship. We do this with sports. We do this with music and entertainment, things that we find um, inspiring and enjoyable and um, all those adjectives. And we um, testify to it. We talk Mm -hmm. to people about it. And so if that's the reality, if we talk about what we love, if we witness to what we worship, then our gazing has to lead to going because if we're really worshiping Jesus and we're seeing his beauty, we're going to be talking about going to want to talk about it. Yeah. 
And then the other extreme is also uh, can also call stall out, to use your phrase, Mark, in terms of uh, the church's stall out of not being a part of the movement of God or the mission of God or a Christian's lack of effectiveness or involvement in what God is doing or what God wants to do in them is when our going isn't anchored in our gazing. And so this happens a lot of times, I think, in our context where Christians become so uh, detached from seeing the significance of gathering with other Christians on a Sunday or the gathering of the church because they reason and they conclude that, well, I'm following Jesus. I'm a disciple. Disciples of Jesus are out and about. They look at the Gospels and they see Jesus moving everywhere, walking amongst the people, um, serving people in person, and doing the works of the kingdom of God. And they, they take that and they run with it. And so their Christian life is lived detached from gathering with God's people and the, any hint of gathering to gaze. They're, they're just going. And their enthusiasm is to be commended and their desire to follow Jesus and to, and to be in the world and to engage lostness and all these things. We want to champion that and engage that. But there's a risk that if our Christianity is boiled down to going, we're going to forget while we're going in the first place. Uh, we are, we're going to... Uh, lose sight of who Jesus is for all of his people. We're going to lose sight of the beauty of Christ and what he has accomplished for sinners like us, not just, um, well, yeah, that we'd lose sight of what he has accomplished for sinners like us. And so if we're going without gazing, we're going to forget why we're going over time. We're going to not bear witness to one that we should be bearing witness to because we've lost sight of him. Or we uh, will just run out of energy, we'll run out of passion, we may get trumped by different lines of thinking and pushback and, and resistance to what we're going to do, and, and we won't be able to make sense of that, there'll be no wind in our sails, there'll be no vision driving what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. It seems like you would lose the value of gazing as a church together, you would you would lose that, um, like you said, the vision of it, and the. But I even think the value of why it's important to come together as mm -hmm. a as a people, as um, to sit under the preaching of the word, to sing with a group of people together with a group of Christians, and um, yeah, if you're so focused on on that, I could see that being a danger for sure. Yeah, I think that's why. Um... Walterstorff would, would connect liturgy and labor. Mm -hmm. He would connect worship and work. He would connect adoration and obedience. He connects it because that is um, the Christian life when lived properly. It is a rhythmic alternation between those two. Yeah, that's great. Because we cannot go apart from gazing or we're not going to realize what we're bearing. We're going to forget what we're bearing witness to. Or, and we cannot just gaze without going because that defeats the whole purpose, or it doesn't defeat the whole purpose, but what it does is it short circuits um, our enjoyment of the one that we're gazing upon. C.S. Lewis talks about this in the Reflection of the Psalms, one of his books, where he points out that one of the reasons why we're commanded to praise God in the scriptures is because praise completes the enjoyment of mm -hmm. what we've experienced. And so you want to praise God, you want to um, go public with what you enjoy because going public and praising what you enjoy to others, it brings that joy full circle to a, to a sense of completion. This is why 
when you're at a football game and your team scores, you don't just stand, you don't just sit still and silent. This is why everyone who sees that and experiences it, they stand up, they applaud, they cheer. There's a reaction to the moment that is um, part and parcel to completing joy mm-hmm. and to bringing it full circle. Yeah, even uh, even I I love that of what you just what you just talked about of the the contagious nature of celebratory gazing and leading it to an action to going um that reminds me if i could because that's impactful mm-hmm. the um uh, the dodgers game that changed my life <laughs> when they hit when they made eight home runs and i'm not that like, was your first baseball game. that was my first baseball game first major league baseball game first major league baseball game i was sitting there had great seats with some friends and uh, it, it really ties this together is the contagious joy that everyone felt around and cheering and every home run, everyone's getting up, jumping up and down. I couldn't help but react to that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but, but want to partake in right. the celebration of what everyone was, was doing. And I think that in some ways, you know, when our gazing, when that connection is made right, there's a contagiousness with our with our the church that everyone can't help but gather together and celebrate together. Yeah, I remember when you got back from that trip and you were I was sending you pictures. How, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that you had fallen in love with baseball, and yeah. uh, I loved it because I love baseball, and so now we have that to connect with as well. And and uh, but the the instinctive sharing of what you had experienced, the in the instinctive bearing witness to. I don't mean this in an idolatrous way, but to bear right. witness to what you worship, to uh, you know, talking about what you are adoring, that type of thing, it's um, it was instinctive, and I think that's why in the Gospels you don't hear Jesus explicitly telling people to go and speak about Him. The only time you hear it is in Matthew twenty-eight at the end when He says, "As you go, I want you to make disciples of all nations." But you see all throughout the Gospels, men and women having encounters with Jesus, and they're going and talking about it to others without being commanded to. Mm -hmm. It's just an instinctive reaction to having seen the beauty of Jesus and experienced His grace in their lives. So they go forth, and they're bearing witness. They're testifying. There are even moments when Jesus tells them not to tell others. That's what I was thinking of. And they are exuberant disobedient they, <laughs> right. they, they can't keep it quiet and so they go and they tell people anyways yeah and so there's these interactions in the gospels where um people gaze upon jesus and they instinctively go and talk about jesus they bear witness to what they worship and i think um this is why i think new christians become some of the most uh, effective witnesses to the gospel mm-hmm. is because they are instinctive in talking about what Jesus has done for them yeah. and sharing it with those that they love. Um, I'll never forget Jeff Hunley, one of our pastors here. Like I met him not long after he became a Christian, and he was so exuberant in his desire to talk about Jesus and what Jesus had done for him and what he believed Jesus wanted to do for those around him. There was so much enthusiasm and joy. There was a rawness to him mm-hmm. that was beautiful. And I think, again, the connection between gazing and going, worship and witness. Yeah. So for this season, we're going to break it up in half. We're going to spend half of our season talking about gazing and the different elements of what that entails. And then we're also going to spend the other half talking about going. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you just give a couple of 
a couple of themes and a couple of topics that we're going to be doing with both gazing and going. Yeah, so when it comes to gazing, we're going to talk about, um, you know, what do we do? What, how do Christians gaze upon the beauty of Christ? To, well, yeah, together we gather and together, individually. Uh, most of it will be focused on what happens when we gather together, but there will be a couple of episodes on helping Christians gaze upon Christ in the scriptures so that when they are reading their Bibles wherever, there, uh, we're going to try to provide some episodes that help equip Christians to gaze upon the beauty of Christ in every passage that they read in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, several episodes will, or a couple of episodes will deal with that, you know, gazing upon Christ in the scriptures. Some of, uh, there'll be an episode where we talk about when Christians gather together, why is, why, why do they preach and why do they preach the way that they do? Yeah. What's that How does about? preaching serve our gazing? <laughs> right. Uh, we'll talk about singing. Why do we sing together? How does singing serve our gazing? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the ordinances. We're going to dive into some episodes on the Lord's Supper and baptism, or at least one episode dealing with those. Yeah. Um, and, and to be clear too, we're not going to be talking necessarily like when it comes to the ordinances, specifics on why we should do that, but it's more of the um, how the Lord's Supper, how baptism uh, draws us to this gazing on Jesus and what yeah. He's done in the, through the gospel. Yeah, right. And so, in the same sense, we're going to be spending the other half of the season talking about going, um, going. How do we bear witness? Um, as a church together, how are we going in work, in our work life? Uh, that's a big one. That's something that all of us can I, identify with and, and um, talk about. Um, we're also going to be looking at the purpose and presence of a church in their community, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, short-term, mid-term, long-term missions. Church planting, all Church that planting, stuff. all that stuff, right? Cool. Yeah, because the gazing drives that kind of going yep. so that Christians would move to the world in loving witness, and that loving witness takes many forms right? in our work, our church as a whole, their presence in the community, and strategic efforts related to church planting and mission engagement and those types of things. Mm-hmm. And what we'll also do throughout the season is we'll do some Q&A episodes where we'll be answering questions that anybody sends in, any and everyone, come on in. Ask a question. We hope to answer it. Yep. Yeah. So we, it may not be a good answer, but it'll be an answer. <laughs> no, but the, the, the Q&A episodes are a lot of fun uh, because that lets us know what people are thinking about and what they're having questions on, or maybe even they may be confused about something that we have said right. or covered, and we need to address those. And so please take advantage of, of that opportunity and submit questions so that we can have content for those exactly. episodes. And then one of our favorite things that we're going to continue doing is the book review. So we have a lot of exciting things planned, and uh, we're excited to have you keep listening and joining us as we talk about the idea of gazing and going.